going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod as always i'm your host ab and i'm going to be taking you through the premier league weekend results and latest news so there's only one place we're going to start off the big game that was on saturday evening we saw arsenal get back to winning ways against their fellow london rivals chelsea winning 2-0 and if you listen to the pod last week this was nothing less than i expected of arsenal i knew they were going to bounce back with a win um, a lot of Arsenal fans, they didn't really believe that they would win, but I knew they would win, man. It was just one of those things. I had that feeling because with Arsenal, yeah, the last game they lost away at West Ham, it's just such an Arsenal thing to do. Like, they'll lose to West Ham, but then beat Chelsea. Nevertheless, it was a good win for them. 2-0 win. Of course, those are the two teams that are battling for Champions League places, as well as United catching up closely behind them. But yeah, man, like I said, scoring. Um, he's become a big game player for Arsenal recently. He's been scoring in big games. He scored against United, Man City. Now he put them one up against Chelsea. And Lauren Koscielny with a captain's goal, you know, to put them 2-0 up. But yeah, that's a good win for them. You know, clean sheet as well. It's always good to keep a clean sheet, especially against a team such as Chelsea. They cut the gap to Chelsea. The gap now is now three points, I believe. And they all have the belief they can, in fact, overtake Chelsea and get into a top four position, which will be a stellar achievement, especially with their first season post-Wenger. I feel like in terms of Chelsea, there's a lot of things to talk about, to be honest. We're going to start off with a lot of people have been criticising Jorginho. And the fact that he's registered like what over two thousand passes, but not what not a single assist, <laughs> and like yeah, he's been holding a lot of criticism and stick for that. Chelsea, their system in general under Sarri has been has come under a lot of pressure. They're like the way Sarri's playing, he likes he's been playing Hazard through the middle because ain't nobody trying to play him right up top because that guy is just rubbish. And you know Giroud is not really I wouldn't say he's really a star. He's he's an impact player off the bench. So yeah, Hazard's been leading the line for them and we all know Hazard, he's not a striker, man. His best position is on the left-hand side of the attack. So left wing. That's where he prospers. That's where he's been getting all these goals. How many? He's got 10 now for Chelsea in the league. But yeah, so Hazard through the middle is ineffective because he doesn't have the strength or aerial presence to beat, to win headers or even hold up the play and let others get involved such as Kante who's now playing as an attacking midfielder for some reason and like you know the Williams and even Marcus Alonso was flying down the left flank so that's really affected them but yeah obviously they've got Higuain now so that's going to be interesting for them I feel like Higuain is the guy that can, that can get them firing. I mean, he's got six goals in 15 appearances for AC Milan. Not the best record, but he finds the net. And I say this to a lot of Chelsea fans. A lot of people say uh, he's like, what, he's like touching 30 or he is 30, around about that age. He's not really going to improve as a player, but he's in his prime, man. And he's a, right, cool, we said this about Morata. He's been at, what, big club, scored goals, stuff like that. But Higuain's a real deal, man. That guy's record at Napoli was ridiculous. He equaled the uh, Serie A goal-scoring record, 36 league goals in a single season. And that was under, guess who, Sarri. So there's no way Chelsea can regress, especially when they have Higuain up top, man. You can't get any worse than Morata up top. I've been saying this. That's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting front three. I mean, you've got Willian or Pedro, how, whoever they're going to start. Then Higuain and Hazard. That, trust me, that front three is serious, man. And back to what I was saying about Jorginho, the fact that he hasn't really registered an assist. The way I see it, I don't really think that like, that's alarm bells or something like that for a player like Jorginho. Because like, a lot of people, they didn't watch like um, Napoli under Sarri, like 
the way the way Sarri likes to have that Jorginho play, he's not he's not really a playmaker, and one wouldn't say he's like an anchor man in midfield, in it, because he doesn't have that physical presence of like breaking up the play and things like that. He's just a nice, neat and tidy midfield player, in it, that can string passes and can like sit. He's probably like cool, not talent wise, but in terms of playing style, he's like a pillow because. That's, that all stems from like Italian football, innit? Because if you look at Juventus, Juventus when they had Pirlo, they had Pirlo sitting. He was, he's like, and they had like Pogba protecting him. They had Claudio Marquisio, all them man there, like protecting him, innit? And that's what Sarri trying to bring into the Premier League. But that can't run in the Premier League because the pace of the Premier League, yeah, is way too fast for that. That's why Jorginho, he's like, he's had problems acclimatising. So he's not the one to... Ping balls from like 30, 40 yards, defense splitting passes. He's just one of those midfield players that just sit there and like dictate the play and that he, he makes the players around him better. So that's why Kante has been given the license to roam and attack. That's why Kovacic, who's come in and out of the squad, is able to do what he's doing sort of thing. So the fact that he hasn't got no assists for me, I don't think that's really alarming. But a lot of people nowadays, it's all about stats. Like if you don't score or get an assist, like you're dead. Pogba was going through a sticky patch. I think one one time earlier this season, and Xhaka happened to score a goal that weekend, and everyone on Twitter was like, Xhaka's better than Xhaka's better than Pogba, sorry, whatnot. Like, you can't listen to people like that, man. So, I feel like the way Jorginho's being used, he's not primary role isn't to get assists and stuff like that, man. That's the way I see it, anyway. But yeah, um, moving on. So yeah, Arsenal closed the gap to three points to Chelsea, and I feel like that acquisition of Higuain by Chelsea, that's going to catapult them, man. That's going to put them in a top four race. I mean, they're in it now, but I think that's going to cement their top four position, man. Because Higuain is quality. He's going to score goals. No doubt about that. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Especially with the players around him as well. That's all Chelsea really needed. That was like their main, main point of weakness and they have addressed it. So they can only get better from here. So yeah, moving on. Going to move on to United. So that's seven wins in a row now. We saw them narrowly beat Brighton 2-1. It wasn't a free, it wasn't a goal goal scoring fiasco as we as the previous games were against, you know, like Cardiff and Huddersfield and that. But it's a win. It's three points on the board and we move, man. Rashford scoring. That's four Premier League goals he scored consecutively. He's the youngest player to do that for United in their history. So that's a good achievement for him at 21 years old. And Pog scoring as well. He's he's been on fire. He scored five goals now in this new system under Solskjaer. So yeah, that leaves us three points off the top four, United. And yeah, we're well into the Champions League race. I mean, we were like 11 points off the top four. Um, after Mourinho got sacked and now he's narrowed that gap down what can you really say man Solskjaer's just been doing his thing that particular game though we were a bit shaky man I mean Brighton they created a lot of chances you know the Glenn Murray he had a, he had a chance to score as well but when you got the hair behind them sticks you know you're good man you know you're good it's a good win for us man needed that win as well to build momentum so that's seven in a row you know, Martial just signed a, signed a new five-year deal. The hair's in talks to sign a new deal. Everything's going well, man. We can keep our young players. Who knows what we can go on, and, on to achieve, man. Solskjaer's getting the best out of these players. Obviously, on Friday, we all know United got a big game. FA Cup fourth round. We got Arsenal away. That's going to be a big clash. Another big test to see how far United have come under Solskjaer. The first real test that we had 
we accomplished it beating Spurs at Wembley. So this is another big test Arsenal, albeit it is in the FA Cup and we, we all know we want to get some silverware anyway. But Sanchez should be back for that game for United. So whether or not he can you know, cause Arsenal some problems, he's outside, we'll just have to wait and see. Let's move on though. Big game at Anfield, you know. Liverpool 4, Crystal Palace 3, goals galore. Palace have proved to be Liverpool's bogey team, you know. They always they always beat them. I'll never, ever forget that game when... A lot of people say that year Liverpool were meant to win the league, yeah, it was because Gerrard slipped and Demba Bar scored. But that's, that's just a mad misconception because if you know, yeah, they bottled it when they played Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. They made man like the white girl. They were 3-0 up, yeah. They drew 3-3. Three, three. The White Girls scored a second half hat trick. That's what that that is the biggest bottle. Because obviously Gerard slipped at court. That happens, innit? And that didn't even cost them the league. Because this was before they went to Selhurst Park to play Palace. So they really bottled it. But yeah, back to present day. <laughs> so that was a win for them. Salah scoring two goals, but he's come under a lot of criticism though. Because that guy can dive. Oh my days, bruv. Like, it's not even a joke anymore. Like, they always say that the FA, they're like, oh, yeah, if you dive, you're going to get banned and stuff like that. Look what this brother's doing. Like, no one's even near him. A man's all diving and that. Like, this is not good for the game, man. And I can't lie, like, I know last year, like, most neutral football fans, they, they were happy for Salah that last year, innit? Especially because he was just scoring left, right and centre, you know, breaking all these records. And it's good for him, especially because he had, a, like, a second chance in the Premier League, obviously, after Chelsea sold him, innit? So... Everyone was happy for a minute, but I can't lie though, man. I'm get, I'm getting tired of this. Like the way he just plays, he dives, things like that. Nah, man, you can't be doing that. And I also already think like he's the designated penalty taker as well, innit? Well, especially now that Milner's injured. So by him diving, he's trying to get a penalty, which is a free shot on goal for him. So I can't lie, I can't I don't I don't respect that, man. I don't respect that at all, bruv. But that being said, he scored two goals, top scorer now in the league, 16 goals. Um, one question I want to pose is, okay, so we're in late January now, he's got 16 goals. The question, the challenge for him now is, can he score 30 in a Prem this season again? So he's got 14 goals left to score, to touch 30. And I believe he can do that, you know. I genuinely believe he can do that because the way Liverpool play that expansive football, it caters to him, innit? Hence why he's scored so many goals of late. So, whether or not he can touch 30 goals, I believe he can do that. Whether or not he can break his record, I don't think he can do that. But I see him, I see him reaching 30 goals, at, or at least 28. But he's going to break that 30 goals barrier. So, yeah, Liverpool, they just have to keep on winning because they know City are hot on their heels. The gap is now four points. They did extend it briefly to seven. But obviously, City did win as well on Sunday. We're going to come up to that shortly. So, they just keep chugging away in it they keep winning see keep winning it'll be interesting to see which one of them does slip up first and how the other team will deal with that knowing that their rivals have dropped points but yeah moving on to see they played in the game on super sunday away at huddersfield what could you say like a lot of people that that's just a gimme at this moment of time man huddersfield we all know they sat their manager david wagner i think they have an interim now i don't know if they've hired anyone but whether or not they did have him or not like they, I, feel, I still feel like they were going to lose, man. See, they don't mess around with those games. They're just nice, 3-0 victory, clean sheet, whitewash. Sterling scoring, another goal for him. He's been doing well this season. Sane scoring as well. And Danilo. So, 
clean 3 0 win for City. As I said, they at the start of the game they were seven points off the top, but they won, close the gap back down to four, and they're gonna keep on going, man. And obviously, I don't feel like they're really looking at the Premier League table at this moment of time, man. Because yeah, they're sitting in second, but they have that's a winning team. Like there's players there with multiple leagues. They're well experienced players, in it. Like they're not gonna let that affect them. That's City. Um, another game on Sunday, Super Sunday, the game I was at, at Craven Cottage, Fulham hosting a depleted Tottenham team with no Son or Harry Kane. It was it was sad, man, from a Fulham perspective anyway, because I was in a Fulham side of the stadium and they went 1-0 up. <laughs> One thing I want to talk about, Spurs, they're in real trouble. A lot of people don't know this. At the game, Deli Ali went off injured, hamstring injury. There's been a report he's going to be out till March. So they have no Harry Kane, Deli Ali, or Son, who's at the Asian Cup. So that is, that's their core, like, and their attacking options right now are very thin. And Fernando Lorente, he's not the guy, yeah, that you want to even build a title race momentum with. Because that guy, how you a striker, yeah? <laughs> we spoke about this two episodes ago. Nephew was ranting about Batshuayi, about how he scored an own goal after he came on. Lorente, yeah, you're a striker. You're trying to fill in the boots of a two-time Golden Boot winner in Harry Kane, yeah? Alright, cool. The least you can do, if you can't score, cause problems, innit? Man scored an own goal, bruv. How? How as a striker do you score an own goal, fam? So, Spurs went a goal down, yeah? Because he scored an own goal. <laughs> so, yeah, they were down for most of the game. That was in the first half. Second half, they came out. Deli Ali scoring before he went off injured. So, that was 1-1. And then, Fulham, they played They played well, man. They created a lot of chances. Ryan Babel, they got Ryan Babel on loan from Besiktas, I think, till the end of the season. He caused a lot of problems as well, man, on his debut. Mitrovic, you know, he had a chance. It was ruled out. He scored, but it was ruled out for offside. Like, they created a lot of chances. They defended well. But then in the 93rd minute, this is what I mean. Like, you know, towards the end of the game, tired legs, things like that. Ball comes into the box. As soon as... Who, who was it that whipped it in? I think... I can't even remember who whipped it in. As soon as the ball came in, I was like, yeah, like, this is it. Harry Winks, yeah, one of the shortest players on the pitch, scored a header, went in, but it was it was heartbreaking, man, because I've been following Fulham for a long time, man. I don't want to see them get relegated. I say this all the time, but after that result, yeah, I feel like that just knocked the stuffing out of them. Like, they, they were just heartbroken. When I saw at the end of the game, yeah, Ryan Session, that's my guy as well, man, head in hands, he, he just looked guide. He was the last play, not even play, he was the last person to leave the pitch he just looked so upset i was like ah not my guy man not him man fulham they're still second from bottom they are they're still in deep deep trouble man seven points into the relegation zone and yeah it's not looking it's not looking pretty at all for them man they just have to keep chugging away man try to get a win here and there but yeah back to Tottenham though they are in deep deep trouble I don't think a lot of people realise this without Ali Kane or Son that is a huge amount of goals you're taking away from that team and Lorente and whoever's going to replace the other two those are not the players that can come in and do a job for the team man especially Lorente and obviously they got a Carabao Cup semi-final second leg coming up against Chelsea I see them losing that to be fair, they do have a favourable run of fixtures in that time, though. So they got like Crystal Palace in the FA Cup, then they got Watford at home, 
Newcastle at home and then Leicester at home. So that's three home games. So you would think that they win those games anyway. But I can't lie. In the Premier League, no game is easy, especially when you ain't got your marksman in Harry Kane and Deli Ali as well. So we'll just have to wait and see how they respond. But this is not good news. And I don't even think that they're going to spend money in the transfer window because it's late. Even if they were to buy anyone, they're going to have to pay like a premium. And I don't think Tottenham is built like that. They didn't even buy anyone in the summer. So it's just one of those ones. They're just going to have to hold it down. <laughs> Let's move on, though, to the other Premier League weekend results. There was a mad game Saturday lunchtime, you know. The 12.30 kickoff, Wolves against Leicester. I was watching that game. It ended Wolves 4, Leicester 3. But yeah, that game was mad, though, because it was just goals after goals. Like, defending that game was just optional. <laughs> but yeah, Diego dropped a bang in a hat-trick for Wolves, scoring a 93rd-minute winner, you know. Leicester were just poor, man. I mean, they, they were 2-0 down after, like, what, 12 minutes but second half, they came out on votes. Damari Gray banged in a goal. Then they went, they equalised 2-2 for an own goal. Then it was 3-3 after 87 minutes. Morgan scoring a header. You would think at that time, at cool, you're playing away against Wolves. And Wolves, them man, they're no scrubs, man. Like, they're a solid team. We've seen what problems they've caused to the big six. And you're playing away. At least, at cool, it'll be nice to get three points. But just... Show yourself up defensively and be like, right, cool, let's leave here with at least a point. Let's not leave here with nothing. I don't know why they wanted to go attack and then they were exposed at the back and they lost. They lost the game. And that's tough because Wolves deserve to win, man. So, yeah, that was a good win for Wolves. They are currently sitting in eighth in the league. And, wow, they can make a run to try to touch Europa League places. Who's going to blame them? Because we all know they deserve it, man. They've been playing really well. Ruben Neves, that's my guy, fam. That guy had a quality game as well. His passing, his long shots are just crazy as well, man. He's a real talent fan. One for the future, trust me. But yeah, moving on to other Premier League weekend results. So on Saturday, Bournemouth beat West Ham 2-0. Callum Wilson and Josh King, their two strike partners, getting on the score sheet. Good win for them. Yeah, West Ham, they got Nasri as well. Um, Yeah, they got Nasri. I think it's a deal to the end of the season. So yeah, man, it'll be interesting how he acclimatises back into the Premier League. We all know what the success he achieved more at Man City than Arsenal but yeah man another win Newcastle won 3-0 against Cardiff <laughs> it's mad because Newcastle barely scored so for them to score 3 but they played against Cardiff man so anyone can score more than 2 goals against Cardiff and it's I can't lie it's a bit of a sticky time for Cardiff as well because it's sad as well man it's just bare dread like they bought their um club record signing 18 mil yeah Emiliano Salah he was meant to go back to Cardiff for a medical side and then I think the plane crashed or something like that and he's missing even up to now. So all we can do is like hope for the best in it that he actually is still alive. And if he is, he can, you know, complete that move to Cardiff and banging some goals for them in it. But right now, we just have to hope for the best for him in it. But yeah, um, moving on, another game. Southampton beat Everton 2-1. Everton are a weird team, man. They're a really weird team because for the money they spend and the talent that they have, they shouldn't be losing games like that, man. They should be fighting. They should be at least fighting for a Europa League spot, man. Not where they are now. They're sitting in 11th. They're not even in the top 10. That's a joke team, bro. I don't know. Like, I don't think Marco Silva's had the impact they would have hoped. But yeah, um, Watford drew 0-0 to Burnley. Another point for Burnley. They're trying to fight relegation. We all know this. They're currently sitting in 16th and hopefully they do fight relegation for their sake anyway. 
that wraps up the Premier League weekend results. And this weekend, FA Cup weekend, as I said before, big game on Friday. Arsenal host Man United. The timeline rivalry is back. Hopefully United can get a win, man. And now nah, we need that win. We need that win. I want Sanchez to score as well, so it burns them. But yeah, Arsenal, they have a they have a lot of a bit of injury trouble, man. Bellerin's out for the rest of the season. Toys ACL in the game against Chelsea. It's it's sad, man. It's sad because you never wish injury upon a player anyway, man. And an injury that grim as well. Like ACL, that's a big boy injury. Like I've never seen anyone recover from an ACL in under six months. So he's gonna be on the sidelines for a while. So just hope for a speedy recovery for him, innit? I hope we beat them, man. We should beat them. I have full confidence that we'll beat them and get the results. So, like I said, it's FA Cup weekend. So, we all know in the FA Cup, anything happened, man. Giant killings, all of that. We saw what happened to Fulham and um, other teams that lost to, like, League 2 opposition and stuff like that. So, if you're not on your best game, you might even lose that game. So, we'll be back after the FA Cup weekend. Uh, moving on to the NBA segment now. This is Clutch Pod. I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. Don't forget to follow us as well on the other sites. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and also iTunes. Moving on to the NBA segment now. Um, unfortunately, we did have a pod recorded for last week where we done our NBA midseason awards, but the fouls are corrupted. I know it's, it's so unprofessional, but since then, I've moved programs. And so, yes, stuff like that, it will never happen again. That's a clutch promise. <laughs> it's, it's annoying because it was a really good show, but I'm just going to wrap it up now with our NBA Midseason Awards. So, for me, my NBA Midseason Awards, so this includes NBA, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, and also Most Improved Players. So, starting off MVP, um, my candidates were Yanis, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Steph Curry. But for me, MVP, it has to go to the bid, James Harden, because this guy, he's playing like he is possessed, bruv. Like, what is this? 19 consecutive, sorry, I'm sorry, 20 consecutive 30-plus games, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down for nobody, bruv. I don't know what someone said to him, yeah? But he, he, he needs to chill out, bruv. He's playing like a madman. But yeah, so... That's, that's my guy for MVP right now. He's averaging 35.7 points per game. The last person to do that, Kobe in 06. So this guy is breaking 13-year records and you're telling me he's not your MVP. This guy single-handedly is turning around the Rockets. Them man have no Capella or CP3. Eric Gordon just came back from injury and they had Nene starting at center. So you have to give that brother some accolades, fam. And not just 35 points per game, he's dishing out dimes, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. He's doing it all, fam. Ain't nobody helping him, bruv. No one. Doing it on his Jack Jones, cuz. So, yeah, that's my MVP. As I said, close close second, Yanis. We all know how he's been playing in Milwaukee with the Bucks, leading their team in points, rebounds, and assists. Monster dunks as well. But I can't lie, the only reason... Uh, not the only reason, but there's a few reasons why Harden's ahead of him. Like I said, Harden, he's a closer, yeah? In the fourth quarter, you're down by two or three, or you're even up by two or three. You need you need a guy to, that can just close the game, secure that W. That's James Harden, fam. Give him the ball, he'll end the game. That's it, fam. 
obviously, we all know, step back three, ain't no one stopping that, man. Ain't no one stopping that. Unless you're Ben Simmons. We're going to come up to that Rocket Sixers game in a moment. But yeah, man. And with Yanis at the three-point line, he's not really, he's not really, he's not really that guy, man. Obviously, he's still young, so he can still develop a certain three-point jump shot. But right now, it's it's just not there. And yeah, that's it. Just has to be harder. And with Steph as well, Steph Curry's been balling, but obviously a lot of that doesn't really get that much attention because he does play for the Warriors. These men have just fielded five All Stars, and you play with KD and another shooter just like you. That's probably one of the top three shooters of all time in Clay Thompson. So that's why he doesn't really get shown that that much love. And he's already a two-time MVP. And what I really realised with this MVP voting, they like to give it to the newcomers. It's more of a most improved MVP. I don't really like to explain it, but it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, moving on to my coach of the year. Coach of the year for me has to be Malone at Denver because them men have been balling. I mean, Matt Malone, he's turned that team around. Denver, who even thought Denver was about like that this year? Like, no one would have ever thought that they would have this season. Even, you can find the most diehard Nuggets fan. They would never think that they would be first in the West for this long. Okay, now they fall into second, but still. Them man didn't even make playoffs last year. I know they missed out on the last day of the season, regular season, but still. For them to be in the position they're in, the position they're in now and make no major acquisitions, I right, cool, they got Isaiah Thomas, Paul Millsap as well. But Isaiah Thomas hasn't even played for them yet. They've gone through so many injuries. Jamal Murray, he's looking like a most improved um candidate. You've got your Nikola Jokic. This guy's probably flirting with a triple-double every other night, just doing some mad stuff. Like, um, you've got your Paul Millsaps, as I said. You've got Will Barton. All these guys that, like, none of these men are all-stars, like superstars per se, but they're just playing well as a collective. So you have to give it to the coach, man. Big up him. Obviously, another candidate for coach of the year would be Mike Baldenhoser at the Bucks because he's turned this team around. A lot of people saying that's probably one of the best signings of the offseason, manager-wise anyway, because they brought him in this season. That's good for the Nuggets and the Bucks, man. They've both been playing well. Um, Let me move on to most improved player, though, because for me, that has to go to only one man. Like, a lot of players they that get shown love. Like, Jaron Fox, he's been doing his thing in Sacramento. Him and Buddy Hield, they're looking like a promising backcourt for the future, man. These men have been balling the Kings. Those power rankings before the NBA season started, they were predicted to have the worst record in the NBA. These men are, might even clinch a playoff berth. Like, who knows? Right now, they're sitting 10th in the West. Like, they have, they're literally 500, 24 wins, 24 Ls. They've been playing well, man. So, big up Jaron Fox. But, like a lot of people, I'm one of those guys that say... It's his sophomore season, isn't it? So it's his second season in the league and you're meant to be playing better. Like a lot of people don't have that much of a good rookie year. Rookie year, so he's still young. So I feel like if you want to give someone a most improved player award, you have to be in the league a couple of years. Like when Yanis won it, he was in the league, what, three, four years. So the guy I'm giving it to is none other than Spicy P, fam. Spicy P, this brother, has been balling. Pascal Siakam, for those who don't know, he's averaging 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists. He's doing it all, man. Most improved player for me, man. Yeah, has to be him. Toronto sitting second in the East as well, so they're playing well. And he hasn't been getting shown that much love, in it? Because everyone knows that 
how much of an impact Kawhi has been having up in the north and obviously Kyle Lowry, but he's been going through some injury problems. But he's back now, he's back. So, yeah, he's been playing well. Moving on to Defensive Player of the Year, yeah, I can't lie. i got to give it to you. One of the contenders is obviously Anton Kumbo, Yanis, because we all know the blocks he's been having. Another sneaky person. I'm not going to say he's um, Defensive Player of the Year, but he deserves a little shout-out for what he's been achieving this season. Jared Allen, that guy, he's been he's had some mad blocks you know if you were to put a compilation video of Jarrett Allen's blocks on YouTube you'll think this guy is the second coming of fucking Shaq bruv this guy has blocked AD LeBron Yanis he's blocked all these man K nah, nah I don't think he's blocked KD nah, that would just be me lying but he's blocked all these superstars and he doesn't even it doesn't even phase him like he just does it in his sleep so big up Jarrett Allen of the Brooklyn Nets for getting all them mad blocks but for me, defensive player of the year, i got to give it to Paul George, man. Because when you consider the offensive load that he's carrying, that OKC team, because Westbrook, he's shooting career lows right now. So when you consider the fact that he has that offensive load and is still playing big boy defense, yeah, you have to show him some love. He gets his steals as well, gets his rebounds, has that hustle. Like, he, does, he deserves that, man. He's playing well. We all know he's been a two-way superstar for a while now man since his indiana days lockdown defender can defend multiple positions as well so big up paul george that's my nominee for defensive player of the year um sixth man of the year now there's a lot of contenders for that man i'm talking about domantas sabonis in indiana I'm talking spencer dinwiddie in brooklyn i'm talking dennis shooter and if you don't know episode one of this f podcast I said Dennis Schroeder will be my sixth man of the year. And he's still a nominee, but there's a special brother out in Minnesota who i got to give it to. That's Derek fucking Rose. That's my guy. Derek Rose, man. What a guy, fam. What, what, what a turnaround season he's having, man. I mean, from that 50-point game in Utah to the buzzer beat he done recently, he's just been playing well, man. Coming off the bench, you know, he had an injury-ravaged career. He was at Cleveland last year. It didn't work for him at all not at all he went M even went mia bruv when was the last time you had an nba player go mia fam but yeah gotta give it to d rose he's been balling averaging 19 3 and 5 off the bench as well so as i said 50 point game against utah he's been playing well man big up d rose hopefully he can get six man of the year award to go with his mvp that he got in 2012 2011 but yeah 2011 2012 season i believe but yeah, big up D-Rose. And I feel like that is it for the NBA Awards. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, those are my NBA mid-season awards so far. That's if the season ended today. Like, So yeah, maybe they might change, maybe they won't. But as for now, it's that's what it's looking like. Uh, so yeah, let me know if you agree or disagree. You can even tweet us at clutch underscore pod. We can get a little debate going and see... See what you think, innit? But yeah, let's move on to a couple more... To a couple things that's been happening recently in the league. So, um, if you don't know, recently, Celtics been going through a little rut. You know, players arguing with each other. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, I believe. No, Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris going at it as well. They had to get separated in the huddle. Like, stuff like that. It's not really going on. Obviously, Kyrie... He's the leader of that team, you know, been there, done it, got that championship, got that experience now. He's not a lit, he's not that young lad from Cleveland anymore. So yeah, um recently he <laughs> he bailed LeBron to tell him sorry basically for 
the fact that when LeBron was leading the Cleveland team to a championship, he wasn't really, you know, listening to LeBron because now he's experiencing that um, trying to lead the Celtics team. And I'm just thinking, damn right, fam. Like, what's wrong with you, fam? Like, I don't know. This guy, he, he just, he's just weird, man. Because you're playing with LeBron, fam. What do you mean you're talking about you, you can't cope or something like that, fam? You, you want a different change, like... Now he's experiencing that. That It just reminds me of the saying, if you don't hear, you must feel, fam. You didn't hear. He wasn't trying to hear what LeBron was trying to say. Now you're going to feel it, fam. Now you're feeling it. You want to run back and tell my man sorry, fam. So that, I don't understand what Kyrie's trying to achieve by doing that. A lot of people saying it's a sinister act. A lot of people saying he's using LeBron as a pawn. But I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. With... With Kyrie, yeah, that guy, he's capable of doing anything, bro. From fam, you from when the brother said the earth was flat, you should know he's capable of doing anything at all, fam. So yeah, I really don't know what he was trying to achieve, but I just hope for his sake he achieved it. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um yeah, um speaking of the Celtics, yeah, they they went for a little rut, but I guess they're on the come up. Could you say that? Um, winning last game they played the Miami Heat winning won their last two beat the Hawks as well so yeah man that's what we can ask them to do you know win their games try to clinch a high playoff berth and their season will move from there in it but what I want to say is with Kyrie he's in a very sticky situation cause them young players so the Browns the Tatums Rosier he's not really that young but you know what I mean them players yeah they went to the conference finals without him so in a way, yeah, you can understand why if Kyrie trying to chat to them, they can just be like, brother, man's we we were we were a game away. Like they lost in seven games. So they were four quarters away from being in NBA finals without you or Gordon Hayward. So what can you really tell me that I'm gonna sit down and think, raw, like you are dropping some gems, like let me bring out a notepad and take some notes like i know if it was me i'm really not trying to hear that i don't care how clutch you are fam <laughs> in the fourth quarter so that's the way i see it anyway i don't know how you guys listening would see it or anything like that but that's the way i see it so it's it's gonna be tough for him man but like i said if you don't hear you must feel you wasn't trying to hear what lebron was saying the goat <laughs> Now you're going to feel, boy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's move on. Yeah, One team I want to talk about, let me try and remove the bias, is the Philadelphia 76ers. That's my team. Those are my brothers. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, process. But yeah, um, I want to I wanna discuss how, how good are they, fam? How good are they? Are they realistic championship contenders? Are they a contender? The way I see it, yeah, with the team that we currently have, I feel like, yeah, we have to be, man. They have to be. Because when you got a brother like Ben Simmons, 6'10", fam, a lot of people call him the second coming of LeBron. I don't like using that because LeBron, like, like, there's levels, man. We can't just call anyone with a little, little height and a little weight LeBron. Like, th there's levels. So, yeah, I don't really like calling him that. But can handle the ball, can drive to the basket, can dunk, whatever, hasn't got a jumper, can dish out dimes, whatever. Like, he, he, he's a... He's a good, good brother, fam. He's a baller. Obviously, you got Joel Embiid, fam. I feel like he's the lead of the team. The alpha dog, fam. That's my guy, bruv. One of the best centers in the league. Got Jimmy Butler, two-way wing. Plays defense and offense. 
plays with his heart, emotional leader of the team, the way I see it, yeah? Got JJ Reddick, can hit that three, nice catch and shoot merchant, hits them threes with a high percentage as well. So yeah, you got you got players of that, your team, yeah. You're other than the Warriors, you're the only team that can boast three All-Stars. You have to have something to show for it. Like all eyes are on them. Especially with this process, 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 whatever you want to call it thing, yeah. Like you, a lot of eyes are gonna be in Philadelphia, fam. So I feel like the way we started the season right now, sitting in fourth, record is 30 and 17. Not a bad record. 31 and 17, not a bad record, but feel like they should be aiming for a higher playoff berth, not really fourth. Obviously, Indiana, they've been silently doing their thing, but I feel like come, play, come playoff time, if they ever buck the paces, like, it's curtains for them. Like, I love me some Oladipo and some Miles Turner, but, they, yeah, they ain't cut out for this, man. So, yeah, um, recently, uh, they've, they've been having some mad games. Like, I was watching the game against OKC. They lost in the final minutes of, the, of Paul George hitting a dagger four-point play in the clutch just before Jimmy Butler hit one of his own but yeah now nah, that battle was clutch man I was watching the game and uh, it was a tough game man it was a tough game obviously Westbrook and Embiid they were going at it you know the battle of the Eagles Westbrook um I don't know he, he said he doesn't fuck with Embiid or whatnot Embiid said he's always in his feelings so you know they were going at it you know Embiid he got his numbers that game 31 points eight rebounds um, Simmons, as you know, on a nightly basis, he always flirts with the triple double. <laughs> he got uh twenty fifteen and nine. So yeah, that was a that was a tough loss at home. But we are one of they are one of the best teams at home in the league. Their home record is twenty and five. So that's not really it's not really a problem against a good OKC team. Like a lot of, that OKC team is good. Obviously, we all know Westbrook. He's shooting a career low, but. He's still averaging a triple-double. You have to respect that, fam. And that don't mean because he's shooting 20-odd percent from free that you leave that guy unguarded. You, you still got to guard him, fam. So, yeah. And the other game the other night, boy, I say this, like, every week on the pod, one of the, my favourite. It was one of the best games of the year. But this was genuinely one of the best games of, that I've watched this season, fam. Rockets came to town. They got blown out the fucking building, fam. They got drilled on i mean 30 point blowout yeah it was it was a mad game because it was just a mad game like james harden got blocked six times in the first half they were just queuing up for blocks and b chased down block jonah bolden he got four blocks good on him but yeah harden he still got his numbers in the end 37 points but boy he had to work for it and some could say it was to no it was to no success i mean they dealt with him. Corey Brewer, yeah? He's on a 10-day contract. That guy was playing his heart out. They need to give him a deal. They He needs a roster spot because that brother, yeah, he played so well for him. He, the way he guarded hard, he guarded him from, <laughs> from his own half. And so, big up Corey Brewer. You know, Embiid, he got his numbers as well. Him and Harden were going at it. Like, the way they were playing, they were trying to bully him in it. And it worked, man. They tried to get into his head. And stuff like It's smart, man. I don't know if it was Brett Brown that told them to do that. But if it was, big up him, man. Because that worked. That like, they got into his head and they affected him. Obviously, he's still going to get his numbers. But you could tell Harden was clearly affected by it, man. Especially with them blocks. Like, it was peak, bro. But, yeah, that's a good win for the Sixers. And I can't lie. On the topic of whether or not they are contenders, I feel like this... Their upcoming schedule, yeah, will determine whether or not 
the Sixers are the real deal because they just played OKC and they played the Rockets as well. Their next upcoming games, the Nuggets, the Lakers, Golden State, the Kings and the Raptors. And that is a serious, serious stretch of games. That's Those games can show whether how far we've really come, especially as a big three, if you want to call that. So I feel like the 76ers are on the rise, man. A lot of people say they are a shooter away from being serious candidates. And I believe that because there's still a lack of shooting in that team. I mean, Joe Embiid, he's nice from free. He's shooting like, what, 30-odd percent from three-point land and... It's all right, but you really don't want your center just jacking up threes like that, man. Ben Simmons, he needs a jump shot, man. He's been working on it. I mean, he hit, he hit a record high of four jumpers against the Mavs the game in December. He hit his longest shot of his career on Christmas, 22-foot jumper <laughs> against the Celtics. So, he'll get there, but we still need we still need more shooting, man. JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, he's not really a knockdown three-point specialist. He's nice from there, but we still need that one missing piece. So we'll just have to wait and see. So yeah, um, let's move on though. We all know recently the Marcus Cousins started for the Golden State Warriors in the game against the Clippers, got ejected after 15 minutes. It's such a boogie thing to do as well. <laughs> How can a man get ejected like that, man? But yeah, so they've been fielding five All-Stars now and they, they've just been playing well. They blew out the Lakers. The LeBronless Lakers <laughs> is becoming a common theme now. LeBron needs to come back, man. I can't lie, we need him. The league ain't the same without you, bro. But yeah, um, Lonzo Ball is out for the Lakers as well with a grade two ankle sprain, so he's out for like six weeks. So yeah, no LeBron, no Lonzo. Rondo's coming back soon. LeBron should be coming back soon. But yeah, um, Lakers still sitting tenth in the West right now, ninth in the West. Sorry. So they just need to get back to winning ways. They just need to do that. So um. Another thing I wanted to talk about was... So, yeah, trade news. So, we all know the NBA trade deadline. Well, not all of us know. If you don't know, the NBA trade deadline's coming on the 8th of February. So, that means teams have just about three weeks to finalise rosters, you know, going into the playoffs and whatnot. A lot of players have been put onto the trade block. A lot of players are being shopped around. I, feel, I find that so peak, man. You're just getting shopped around. Like, you could be playing and flipping... Boston in one minute and next day you're in flipping Sacramento across across the whole country. But yeah, a lot of players have been placed on the trade block. Most recently, the Melo situation. So Melo got dealt from dealt from the Rockets to the Bulls. I feel like the Rockets done that to um, get Kenneth Fareed from the Nets. So they've done that. Melo went to the Bulls. He hasn't played a single game because they waived him. So now he's a free agent. Well, he always was anyway. So, yeah, he's a free agent now. And a lot of reports saying he's going to go to the Lakers and link up with LeBron. Um, whether or not that I feel like that's a good fit for him, I don't know, man. Because, I mean, he was in Houston with his boy CP3, it, And that didn't really work out. I, I know he was made a scapegoat unfairly. But it didn't really work out now. He's trying to go with LeBron, his other boy. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I hope all the best for him because I don't like... Okay, not right now, but a player of Melo's caliber to decline like that. I mean, a lot of people don't respect him now. 10-time All-Star, he's got to put respect on him. Future Hall of Famer for sure. But yeah, I really don't know what to think about it. All I can do is just sit down and watch. There were a couple of other teams he was being linked with as well. They were saying like, Portland, even Philly, but I don't know, we'll literally just have to sit down, wait and see where he goes, all I can hope for is that he 
he does contribute to a team, man, because I still feel like he's got enough in the tank to help out a team, whether you're a contender, not a team that's tanking. Even if their team is tanking, bruv, he can still do his num get his numbers and do his thing. But yeah, man, all the best for Melo. More trade news. Um, recently, the Memphis Grizzlies have put veteran duo Mike Conley and Mark Gasol on the trade block. They've been playing together for a long time. Gasol and Conley, it's been like, what, 10 odd years in Memphis. But yeah, man, Memphis, their team right now, I feel like, yeah, the GM just said, we, we just got to blow this up, man, because they did try to compete. I mean, they got Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. He's been balling. But, yeah, I feel like now is the right time for them, man. Mike Conley's still on a big contract, though, as is Gasol, so I don't know who's really going to pick them up. But um, it'll be interesting to see where they do end up going. I'm pretty sure Conley will have a lot of suitors, man, because he's a very, very good point guard, man. A lot of people saying he's w probably one of the most underrated point guards in the league. And, yeah, Gasol, he's at, what, 33 right now. So maybe he does have a couple more seasons in him. We'll just have to wait and see. Another person who's been on and off the trade block, I don't even know, Dennis Smith Jr. down in Dallas. Um, Obviously, no one expected the meteoric rise of Doncic, so that's just left DSJ in a pickle car. Apparently, the Mavericks said they didn't want to trade him, but then they tried to shop him around, but they didn't find no suitors, so now they're trying to go back and stick with their man. I don't rate that, to be honest, because that's snaky movements, man. And we all know, obviously, the NBA is a business, in it? But if you're going to tell a brother, yeah, that... You, like y'all guy you can't just try to shop them around behind their back i don't respect that at all that's the same thing blake griffin <laughs> blake griffin and the uh, clippers gm when he said he's a life blake griffin's gonna be a lifelong clipper man trading him like the next week and then when he bucked him when the pistons went to la <laughs> griffin just ran past him i rate that fam big up blake griffin fam because these gms they don't really care about you man they don't have your best interests at heart they got business to run so these are all the trades but yeah, Kemba Walker, he's been spoken about, but I don't think he's going to get traded. He is a free agent come the off-season, so it'll be interesting to see whether he does stay in Charlotte and play or he does try to take his talent somewhere else. I feel like that's about it for now for the NBA segment. As I said before, we did have an NBA mid-season awards show pod recorded, but the foul did corrupt and... Yeah, as I said before, I've now changed that program. I'm onto a different program, bigger and better things. Like I said, Clutch Pod, this is the year for Clutch. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. And we'll be back next week with more NBA news results roundup. Hey.